the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Courageous Christianity, a public nonprofit ministry equipping Christian warriors for the spiritual battlefield. The intersection of our faith and the world is a battlefield strewn with debris of a fallen world that challenges even the hardiest souls. And yet, this intersection is the context of our faith. As courageous Christian warriors, we must navigate this difficult terrain in our personal walk and as we seek to bring Christ to those who are lost and struggling. Friends, welcome and thank you for joining us on Courageous Christianity, a radio show and podcast about real faith for the real world. I'm Richard Mendelo, and as always, I'm joined by and so grateful for my wedded wingman, Christy Mendelo. And I'm always so grateful to be here, and I love that real faith for the real world. Isn't that, that just says it all, doesn't it? Amen. It's hard out there, and we want to say things that are meaningful and helpful to you, our listeners, about whom we think so much. Yeah, amen. So friends, as a carrier pilot, as a marine advisor, a team leader, an airline pilot in self-defense training, and as a Christian, I've grown up with a lot of mantras. And you know, a mantra is something you repeat to yourself in yoga. I think it helps you to settle and, and uh, get centered. Yeah, but be careful. We're not kind of talking about hype and hopium here. <laughs> no, no. We're talking about Jesus and the Word of God. But in each of these areas, I've been trained to use a mantra to lift me out of my own tendencies when emergency action is required. Mm. So uh, what do I mean by tendencies? For example, as a carrier pilot, maybe you're flying 10 miles a minute. That's a mile every six Yikes. seconds. Wow. <laughs> Stuff happens very fast. And when something goes wrong, I have a mantra. I was taught in flight school. It says, aviate, navigate, communicate. Mm. And what this reminds is, don't get so distracted that you forget to fly the airplane and then you accidentally hit the ground. Or don't worry about communicating and talking to people on the radio because uh, if you fly into a mountain because you weren't navigating, then it doesn't matter if, <laughs> if you've declared an emergency on the radio. Sadly. So what you're doing is you're barricading yourself against your own tendencies. Makes sense. Fair enough. Yeah. For example, as a Marine on the ground, when you start taking fire, sometimes you can freeze. Yeah. Well, and, I would imagine. Right. And so uh, the mantra there is shoot, move, communicate. And what that says is as soon as stuff starts happening, you immediately are saying shoot, move, communicate. And what that does is it causes you to be proactive in the situation. And so uh, th those mantras push me forward in a lot of bad situations, and they prevent the enemy from pushing you around. Mm. Okay? Yeah. You take charge in whatever situation based on something that you know works. Sounds a bit like a mental boundary. Uh, somewhat. Yeah. And so you're probably wondering where I'm going with all of this. And what these mantras have in common is they lift us out of ourselves and out of our deepest tendency, which is to go internal. When things get rough, when we're challenged, 
our tendency is to ball up in a tight knot of our own thinking and more than likely react in ways which are not good or appropriate. And now I'm thinking, I'm like, listeners can't see me, but I'm like, raise, pick me, pick me, raising my hand. Because now I'm thinking about scripture. There you go. Well, that's something that uh, we've always done when something happens. What I, uh, a question is posed, what I always say to Christy is, what does scripture say? Yeah, write and, it on your heart. And that's a beautiful segue because it helps take us out of ourselves out of what we think and put us in a place where we are uh, out of our own perspectives and assessments and feelings, and we are looking outside of ourselves to Christ in Scripture. Amen. And so uh, a lot of challenges cause us to go inward at a time when we need most to go outward. And I think you'll agree this is a very challenging world. And so um, with all of this in mind, We had this series, which is asking the question, are you coachable? Right. And the reason is because in this difficult world, many of us are moving along in a very inward looking internal protection, like protection, threatened uh, type of um, mentality. And maybe we're not opening ourselves up and uh, looking outside of ourselves for answers, answers which unite us uh, and answers which are unchanging because they're from the Word of God. Opportunities and possibilities. Brilliant. And so that's where we are. And today, to continue the conversation, asking the question, are you coachable? We have such a special guest with us. Yes, and I'm so excited. (laughs) Uh, I am too. Uh, Chris McCluskey's joining us. Chris is the president and founder of the Professional Christian Coaching Institute, PCCI. And as a Marine, I love acronyms and I love uh, letters for organizations. But PCCI is the world's largest Christian school accredited by the International Coaching Federation. And you know, Christy is an ICF certified coach. And his organization has trained thousands of people in more than 90 countries and some of the world's most influential ministries and businesses. And Chris is frequently referred to as the father of Christian coaching because he's pioneered um, this uh, industry that didn't even used to be a thing. And now not only is it a thing, it's the thing that people turn to when they need to look outside themselves. And so, Chris, it is so uh, wonderful. We're honored to have you. Welcome. Well, thank you both. It's a thrill to be here. It's been great having Christy in one of our courses at the Institute. And when the invitation came, how could I say anything but yes and amen? Well, I'm glad I didn't get called to the principal's office to, <laughs> to talk about Christy's behavior because we know it's always so awesome. Friends, before we get started, let us pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day and for all of the opportunity that we have to be the men and women you want us to be. What joy we have in Christ to be forgiven and lifted up, if we are willing. Lord, we pray today that you help us to lower our guard, to open our hearts and ears, and to receive that which will enable us in all we do as your children, as husbands and wives, as parents, and as members of the community of Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. So, I've got to say a little something just to tie it all together. Um, I want to give a nod to Wendy Geikema, who uh, was just on the show last week and 
um, is a good friend uh, in coaching. Um, a little over a year ago, I said, okay, uh, I need to move for- forward into Christian coaching. And I, I, I was doing some research and all of a sudden I pull up PCCI, Chris, and, and I didn't really know what it was, uh, unbelievably. And I see Wendy on the faculty and I'm like, hey, wait a second. I know Wendy from ICF. I call her and she tells me all about this wonderful PCCI and Chris and the podcast that you all have. And I started listening to it long before I um, landed in the in the class, and luckily I didn't get sent to the principal's office. But it's really just—I mean, it's a—it's a moment that I want to just kind of really um, be present with and grateful for because little did I know, you know, a year later we would be talking to you about being coachable as it relates to Christianity, and you'd be here with us today, Chris. So thank you. Well, that's that, all thanks to God for that. Isn't that, isn't that just like the Lord, that, that he suddenly reveals his hand when you're going out looking at something and, and you see, oh, wait, you mean there's dots that are being connected here? And I, I know that's just a God wink. He, he surely, I, I think God laughs when, when something like that comes together and you realize his, he's been at work all along. That's Amen. beautiful. Amen. 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 He is an awesome God. So, uh, to provide a little bit of background, because uh, I'm sure there's a lot of background to be had, but initially, Chris, what brought you to coaching? Uh, the transition for me actually came from my own growth work. I was running a very large Christian counseling practice in Tampa Bay, uh, the Clearwater area. People know that uh, Sun Coast in Florida. And it was thriving. We had a beautiful team of therapists and interns working for us, and we served cross-denominationally. There were 600 and some odd churches in the Tampa Bay area. And uh, I figured that's what I would do all of my career. It is, of course, a people-helping profession. But on the personal front, my wife Rachel and I were spending many of our nights. We had at that point uh, our third child, and we were pregnant with our fourth. And we, we were spending many of our nights, after the kids were down, vision casting. We were just daring to dream and to ask those big what-ifing questions that, like you were saying in the introduction, call us out, right? They, they move us from the, the forests back to – from the trees back to the forest so we can see the bigger picture of what might be possible in a season of life or in a career field. And during all of that, I heard a therapist speak at a conference that I went to. He probably didn't say anything about coaching more than 10 minutes worth, but it grabbed my heart. I firmly believe the Lord was directing. And the long story short, long story short is I hired him as my first coach to teach me to do what he was doing in this very new emerging field. There were only two coach training schools at the, at the time. There are about 10,000 of them now. But, um, but he had transitioned into the field. And so I worked with him and Rachel and I, my wife and I, fleshed out vision for our personal lives that included me leaving the therapy world and going into this very proactive growth oriented world of coaching. And boy, I mean, the, the story of what happened in the wake of that is we, we could spend the entire episode on it, but suffice it to say, it allowed me, Richard Christie to come home to, to mm. still run a practice, but it was out of my home. Whereas I would never run a therapy practice out of my, my home. I could work with clientele now, not in a reactive and healing oriented way, instead in a proactive and growth-oriented way, via telephone, eventually via the Internet, via Zoom now as we do. The world has changed so much in nearly 25 years. But that's what drew us in, was a vision of what it could do for us personally as a family 
and stewarding my gifts. Interesting. When you said home, my heart just kind of opened up there. And I thought, I was like, whoa, that's so powerful, like coming home to your true calling. But then you actually spoke about the physical location. So what uh, what an amazing thing to your your home itself and to your heart. Well, you know what I heard a little bit in there is as Christy was on her coaching journey and eventually focused on Christian coaching, mm-hmm. what I heard when you said coming home was I thought about uh, her coaching, there being some dissonance for her in yeah. the secular coaching world, which resolved as soon as she made the commitment to the Christian coaching world where she no longer had uh, a feeling in some instances of misalignment. And as Wendy taught us last week, a coach must first and foremost be in a place of alignment before they can lead others toward their alignment. And friends, I hope you'll stay with us because as we come back in the second segment, we're going to dig into the difference between Christian coaching and secular coaching and how that can help us to look outside ourselves in a way that is vulnerable, but also protected by Jesus Christ. And I can't think of anything more exciting than to know that my future belongs to him. So stay with us, friends. We'll be back with you shortly. Hello, everyone. This is Christy Mendelow. As you may know, I'm host Richard Mendelow's wingman. You might wonder what a wingman is. Here on Courageous Christianity, it means I'm here to support the host of this show and our efforts to accomplish our mission. That mission is to equip Christian warriors for the spiritual battlefield, and we need your help to do that. Your tax-deductible support is what keeps us on the air and sustains our ongoing efforts. Courageous Christianity is a public, nonprofit ministry. If you'd like to support our mission and this ministry, you can do so by texting any amount to 281 800-4940. That's 281-800-4940. And for a donation of $25 or more, we will send you a signed copy of Richard's book, Right Makes Might, 40 Days to Courageous Christianity. You will absolutely love this devotional, and it will help you to be more equipped in your walk as a courageous Christian. If texting isn't a fit, you can also donate by going to courageouschristianity.today. So text to donate to 281 281- Eight zero zero four nine four zero, or go to courageouschristianity.today. Friends, thank you. We are so very grateful for your listenership and for your support. In his arms he'll take and shield thee. Friends, welcome back. You're listening to Courageous Christianity. And we are speaking with Chris McCluskey, a Christian coach, as part of our Are You Coachable series. And we talked a little bit in the intro about opening ourselves up protecting ourselves against our tendency to draw inward when we feel threatened or challenged, and in fact, living in the echo chamber of our own ideas. And so we've talked a little bit about coaching. And when we say, are you coachable? What we're ultimately asking is, are you open to growth and change? And so Chris mentioned in the first segment that initially he was in the therapy business and then he came to coaching. So Chris, if you would help us to understand what coaching is and how it differentiates itself from therapy. Mm, Thank you for that, Richard, because, yeah, this term has come to mean pretty much anything that anybody thinks it means. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. (laughs) It's 
completely unregulated term. There is no such thing as licensing in this profession, actually, unlike psychotherapy or medicine or, or law. Why anybody who hangs out their shingle and says, I'm a coach, is. They're not doing anything illegal or immoral. So to clarify here, what we're looking at is a definition of what has emerged as kind of the gold standard of this profession. That's the International Coaching Federation. Christy, I know you're certified through them, as am I, and all of our faculty here. We teach at the Institute in alignment with all of their definitions and what they call the core competencies or the skills that are required to do professional-grade coaching. In fact, we are a fully accredited Christian, fully accredited school, the, one of the largest uh, uh, schools in the world, Christian or non-Christian. It's accredited by the International Coaching Federation. But their definition is very simple, and I love simplicity. So here it is. Listeners, coaching in the ICF definition is partnering with clients in a thought-provoking and creative process that inspires them to maximize their potential. Partnering with people in a thought-provoking and creative process that inspires them to maximize their potential. That's why it aligns so beautifully, Christy, right, with the Christian worldview. When you integrate, mm-hmm. we're trying to shove a square peg into a round hole. This lines up beautifully with what we are called to in Christ. When the old has passed away, all things are being made new. We are being conformed to his likeness. We're being called out into the uniqueness of each one of our images of God in this world. And that's what Christian coaching does. It enables us to think and to creatively process What does that look like if I were to actually live out more of the fullness of who I was created and called to be? Yeah, that is uh, what's so amazing. You touched on a couple of things and not to get political, but I've often thought one of the reasons why socialism and communism never, ever work is because they go against the plan of God, which is individual exceptionalism, lifting everybody up. And mm-hmm. so in coaching, as you help people, you talked about vision casting in this uh, first segment and how it led you and your wife toward a vision. How can you be led towards something if you don't have it? Right, exactly. If you don't know your destination, how can you be headed there? Any direction will do, right? And I think we see a lot of people headed in all kinds of directions. And I love the idea that coaching is a partnering process to lift people up. And then as they achieve their vision, they pull people with them. In alignment with who they truly are and as God Values calls them and... to be. But I think also, too, Chris, it's always important, at least I, I share this, it, it's not advice giving. It's not like, you know, a little bit of a misnomer to the word coach. A lot of people think uh, it's a football coach, you know, barking orders, but it's really something different. I think I remember when I first started towards my my um certification and training and all of that. I think the first thing they said, if you are in here to think that you're going to go give advice, you need to find the door because that is not coaching. (laughs) There's no footballs. There's no footballs. This is not (laughs) coach football. football. (laughs) And if we stop and think about it for even just a moment, we recognize that that would be craziness. It would be folly to think that somebody else, us or anybody else could advise another person on their unique calling. Right. On their vision that God has for them. How can somebody else know that? The person themselves doesn't know it yet. The person who's trying to help them certainly wouldn't know it. Guys, we ground on many scriptures, of course, in all of this work, but I'm going to toss out here for the listeners one of the key pivotal scriptures that speaks to what I believe is the heart of coaching. It's from Proverbs, of course, the wisdom literature. Proverbs 20, verse 5 simply says this The purposes of a person's heart are deep waters. But one who has understanding 
draws them out. Mm. Yeah. They're in there, and we come along as the Christian coach to help that person draw it out. Right. I'm so glad people can't read my mind because sometimes I think crazy thoughts. And the one I had as you were saying that was from that movie Planes, Trains, and Automobiles where <laughs> John Candy and Steve Martin are driving down the freeway on the wrong side and they're going the wrong way on the freeway and people on the other side of the freeway are yelling at them saying you're going the wrong way and John Candy looks at Steve Martin and he says, how do they know where we're going? <laughs> Good point. And so the thought that I had is, how can you tell somebody where they need to go when you don't really, if they don't know where they're going, how can you know where they're going? Chris, I'm so glad you brought that up. I had actually pulled <laughs> that up because I had heard that on the podcast before. And I think it really is such an important scripture to to base this work. Um, and it, it is we can't tell them what they're thinking or water. feeling. It's deep waters and put there by our God. So let me ask That's this. That's exactly right. The, the, the scriptures say that the gifts and the call of the Lord are irrevocable. <laughs> that, that means they've been placed in their giftings and calling. They've been placed inside of us. I guess we got shipped from the factory with, the, with certain software in us, right? Each one of us uniquely going to image God here on the planet. But it says they're irrevocable. It does not say that because there's gifting and calling in each one of us, that we're necessarily ever going to discern it. Right. Or even if we discern it, that we're necessarily going to operationalize it or do anything with it. It just says it's in there. Mm -hmm. In every single one of us created in the image of God, there are giftings and calling for his purposes. And it's our job to discern. And that's, again, where the Christian coach comes in, coming alongside in that thought-provoking and creative process to help call forth those things that are in there, even though we couldn't know them, and even the client themselves doesn't know them up front, maybe kind of semi-consciously, unconsciously, but everybody can relate to those times when somebody asks the right question at the right time. You heard yourself say something, and it stopped you in your tracks. You just said, whoa, I didn't hear myself say that. Mm. Where did it come from? It came from inside, but until we spoke it forth, we drew it out, we didn't recognize the full import of it, the truth of it, the resonance of it, and the terrible importance then of acting upon it. That's a good picture of Christian coaching. I love that. That's a whole bunch of things happening at once. It says that it's in there. It says a lot of times we don't know. It says that something happens to evoke an awareness. And then lastly, that we act on that awareness. So Bingo. it seems like that's a lot of places where we could stop moving forward. For instance, if we never have the awareness, if we never act on the awareness. And so uh, one of the things, I don't know if you'd say I'm obsessed with this question, but I, I look around and I see so many people, genuine, hardworking people who are not necessarily in the circumstances of their choosing, and yet at the same time they're not taking steps to increase awareness with an eye toward changing what they do. Can you help me understand that a little better? Yeah, I think you're really going there to one of the key things that we explore as coaches with our clients, and that is motivation, motivation for change. We all know that change is hard. Change is not something that we necessarily welcome easily. 
We tend to be creatures of habit, and we oftentimes will resist change or in fear or just because of familiarity. We're a little lazy. There are two primary human motivators that will prompt us to significant change in our lives, which, again, is all of what coaching is about, right? If we're going to maximize our potential, we've got to change some things. One of those motivators is pain. Mm-hmm. We will change. We will move. We will do a whole lot of things that we don't want to do in order to get out of intense pain. We're pain-avoiding creatures, and that's good. God, God, God designed us that way. But notice that when we're avoiding pain as our motivation, that is a reactive response. We all get it. <laughs> you can take the tiniest uh, under-a-microscope living organism, right, an amoeba. You can only get the amoeba to change, to move in one of two ways. Either poke it with a stylus, and it'll move to get away from the pain, or... You can put a sugar cube there, a food source, and it will move toward the thing that it desires. And that's the other human motivator is passion, vision, the things that we would desire. And and as Christians, the things that we know God desires, that his spirit communing within us is speaking to us about, those things that keep us up in the middle of the night, those things that we keep knowing God's called me to more and I'm not living into it yet. That kind of passion will drive us, and that is proactive. That's not that same reactive pain avoidance. So pleasure seeking or passion seeking or pain avoiding, that's pretty much where we live, even though we're much more complex than amoebas. That is what (laughs) coaching seeks to tap into and really lean into the clarification of those passions, those visions, those core values, what matters most. What's it going to be when you stand before the throne and hope to hear, well done, good and faithful servant? That makes a ton of sense. We talked uh, this series that we're doing, Chris, comes uh, on the heels of a six-week series, which we called Boot Camp, which basically comes from a course Christy and I taught, and you start with uh, helping people to understand their values and strengths and passions, and then we gradually work through a mission statement and so on and so forth. And so it was all about creating alignment, and what I'm hearing and what you're saying is helping people to find alignment— And we will seek that uh, in an effort to avoid pain or in an effort to realize a vision that uh, we have for ourselves. And the one is reactive. You're reacting to the enemy a lot of the time, and the other is proactive. And the trouble comes when you don't have that vision. And Right. Again, you can't get to a destination unless you know what it is. So, friends... When we come back in the third segment, we're going to dig into this a little more and probably get into the meat of today's show where we suggest a mantra that can help us as we strive to deal with the challenges, to deal with our tendency to go inward and to reach out and answer the question, yes, we are coachable. Stay with us. We'll be right back. They fought for our freedom and made sacrifices most of us can't imagine, and now our veterans need our help. Hi, friends. I'm Christy Mendelow, Richard's wingman here on Courageous Christianity. You possibly heard us talking about Freedom Alliance on the show. It's an organization near and dear to our hearts. Freedom Alliance is healing the wounds of war, including the devastating emotional injuries that cause veterans to reject God's love. Freedom Alliance is saving lives and military marriages. They rehabilitate wounded heroes, donate customized wheelchairs to amputees, and provide college scholarships to the sons and daughters of military heroes. 
I hope you'll join us in supporting our combat veterans by donating to Freedom Alliance today. I urge you to visit freedomalliance.org to learn more about their mission. We at Courageous Christianity know the team at Freedom Alliance, and we've seen them do the Lord's work. They are committed to helping ordinary Americans who've done extraordinary things. Please go to freedomalliance.org to make a contribution that will change a hero's life. Friends, since we launched this show, Christy Mendelow has been my wingman on Courageous Christianity. To our message of Courageous Faith, she adds her invaluable perspective as a transformational coach. She's the walking embodiment of courage and compassion, and she brings this to bear on those going through divorce in her own show, The Divorce Coaching Hour, which airs Saturdays from 1 to 2 p.m. right here on 100.7 KKHT, The Word. For those who are struggling in their marriages, she brings hope with guests who speak to the myriad counseling options available. For those who are going through divorce, she offers invaluable technical assistance. And for those who are coming out of divorce, she delivers a unique perspective on the opportunity for growth and change. If you are, or a friend or family member is, struggling in a marriage, contemplating or going through divorce, you need a wingman. You'll want to tune in each Saturday to hear from Christy and her guests. One thing is for sure, as I have learned over all the shows on Courageous Christianity and personally, you can count on Christy for truth, for a faith-based perspective, for compassion, and for insightful guidance. Tune in each Saturday. She'll be there for you as well. Don't miss the Divorce Coaching Hour every Saturday at 1 p.m. on 100.7 FM, KKHT, The Word. Friends, welcome back. You're listening to Courageous Christianity. We're talking with Chris McCluskey, president of the Christian Coaching Institute. And did I say that right? Professional Christian Coaching Institute. Professional yeah. Christian Coaching It mixes up in the Institute. head sometimes. I think I, Wendy had to correct me once, and I was like, okay, PCCI. And Chris is the father of, uh, known as the father of Christian Coaching. Well, it's just so brilliant to me, Chris, because we are asking people to get in touch with their values, to get in touch with uh, what is most important to them, and in that alignment to then live that out in their lives. Church is not what we do for an hour on Sunday. It is everything about us, and it shapes everything that we do. And so uh, if you're not aligning yourself with your faith-based values— And the greatest coach. And the greatest coach, <laughs> Jesus, Jesus Christ. Christ, then to me, um, you could be off to a better start doing it another way. Right. And uh, that's how I think we live in a society which spends so much time addressing the symptoms of a problem without ever addressing the problem. Yeah. And yeah. so we've talked a lot about uh, what uh, is coaching and so forth. And so what I'd like to ask you is, in your vast experience, what does it mean to be coachable? To be coachable. Yeah, that is the the crux of our conversation today, and it's a state of being. It's the way that we show up to something, and any of us have surely at, at various points in life at least experienced being in a state of being very highly coachable, and nearly every one of us, surely all of us, if we were totally honest, have been in states where we are not very coachable. Mm -hmm. To be coachable means that you are open, and more than just open, you're actually hungry. It's like having an engine that's primed and ready, and as soon as you pull the crank, boy, it just roll, it turns right over. When we're coachable in life, remembering that coaching is principally focused on helping us to grow, 
to get into an expansive state, an exploratory state of, of entering into more of the mystery of who God actually created and called us to be. To be a, in that kind of a state generally at the beginning requires that we be at a relatively stable, healthy, and functioning place in life. And that's simply because all of us, of course, at various points in life are not very stable, healthy, or functioning. Things have fallen apart. We're going through, you know, serious life-threatening illnesses or something's horribly wrong with one of our children. We're experiencing unwanted divorce or job loss or those kinds of things. So we're at more of a state of instability and maybe even some need for psychotherapy or some other kind of a recovery group, we're in an active addiction, that person is not yet, quote, coachable because they're not really at a state where they can make much use yet of growth-oriented focus. They need healing. You know, when, when you need healing, we, we need to go to a physician. We need to go to a therapist. We need to go to a pastor. We need to go to somebody who can bring the healing that God has for us. But once we are at a state of having relatively addressed whatever needed healing, whatever is broken, and we're saying, okay, so now I know what I don't want to go back to. I'm not nearly so sure about what I want to move toward. Now you're coachable. You are at exactly that right place where you're asking the right questions of vision, of possibility, of a willingness to curiously explore what could be. And in that state, then, our spiritual ears tend to be pretty pricked. We're, we're, we're listening to hear whatever God might say. We know we're going to hear what we're listening for. And we're not going to hear what we're not listening for, right? So when we're coachable, we're much more attuned the things that the Spirit is trying to reveal, to show us, to invite us to. That's a coachable state for the Christian. Uh, that There's so much in that to be open, uh, to be optimistic, and to be focused on the opportunity at hand. And what I so love about that, and friends, I hope you'll hear this, is I think a lot of the time we stay where we are uh, for men, it's often about shame, uh, having made mistakes. We don't uh, have the wherewithal to come to terms with that. And um, I'm sure for women, uh, it's feelings of not enough. It's feelings of insecurity. Yeah. And it's the first step that we take to Christ. And you touched on it. He did not come to heal the healthy I did not come for the righteous. And so what I want everybody to hear is most of us were in a place of pain, dissonance, and misalignment when we were ready to receive Jesus. If you're on the sofa and the remote control batteries are still working and the fridge is full of food, you're not going to get off the sofa. <laughs> <True>. <laughs> and, you know, you move backward into comfort or forward into growth. So oftentimes, just like the gym, which we talked about last week, you have to embrace what might be a little bit of pain to move forward to the greater you and the forward you. And so I love the idea that first we start with Christ and it's safe and there's no vulnerability there. There is no condemnation in Christ. The Bible tells us that. And then we come to that place, and then in the curiosity uh, that his love affords when we feel worthy, then we can uh, cast a vision and uh, look forward to that possibility and that opportunity. So it's very exciting to me to hear you talk about that a little bit. Um, to help uh, understand, let me ask you this. How would you describe somebody who is not coachable? 
Yeah, coachability, again, has to do with an openness, a willingness, and even a hunger, a longing to, to, to discern and then to be willing to take some of the steps to start to grow, to, to actually move. It's, it's not going to do if all we do is just dream, right? Those dreams are up in the sky somewhere. We've got we to gotta put legs on those dreams, and so they become vision when they begin to be operationalized and have specific goals and actions we're going to take and people who can help us along the way and all. If we are not in a state of coachability, I don't think there needs to be any shame about that. There does need to be an awareness of that, an ownership of it. We need to be at least conscious enough to say, you know what, I'm not, I'm not there right now, which means I have some reparative work to do. Well, fine. God is able to meet you there, so you're not yet ready for a coach, but we need to think about coaching like being on a continuum. If on the left-hand side of the continuum was brokenness and a need for healing, on the far right-hand side of the continuum would be health and optimal functioning. Somewhere in that messy middle is where all of us live most of our lives. We might even be ready to grow in one area and yet not at all coachable yet in some other area that maybe our doctor is telling us we need to address or our Mm -hmm. boss is telling us we need to address or our checkbook is telling us, but we're just not ready for that one yet. So we can, we can pick and choose even certain areas of our lives at times and say, well, I'm coachable here. I know I've got my defenses up over here. I need to keep working on that. I need to go to the Lord in repentance and humility and allow him to soften that defensiveness so that I can be teachable, so I can be coachable from the inside out. But, uh, again, every single one of us will move up and down that continuum all of life. Hopefully, as we mature and grow, we spend more time on the far right side of it but, you know, life is unpredictable. Life is what happens when you're making other plans, right? So sometimes life throws <laughs> the so ball, and we have to kind of back up and, and go do some reparative work or some healing. Absolutely true. Um, something that uh, came to me was after one of my combat deployments, I had been uh, in Iraq for over 13 months, and then I came back and I turned right around and I went to Afghanistan for over seven months. And when I came back from that uh, what we could call a compound experience, I wasn't in a good place. And yeah. I was barely coping. I was uh, what we call in the Marines a geographical bachelor. I was living in New Orleans. My family was in Atlanta. And um, my boss and I were always the first to work in the morning and the last to leave. And about 8 or 9 o'clock one night, I went in his office to give uh, him the l- last thing I was responsible for. And he looked up at me and he said, are you okay? And I looked at him and I said, no, sir, I'm not. And friends, that was such an amazing place because he said to me, sit down. And we talked. And then that's when things starting started to get better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I had to have that moment where I said, no, sir, I'm not. And I had such faith in him. He was such a good man and such a good leader. I felt completely safe mm-hmm. to say that. And so... So going back to what Chris said, that you became aware at that moment, or you were aware yeah. aware enough to say, I'm not okay. I'm not okay. Uh, yeah. I, I watch reruns of NCIS from the time I get home till at 10 at night till midnight. I get up at five and I come in here and do it again. And, and that's not right. And then effectively what you're saying is I'm ready for help. Somebody please that's help me. Good. I love that you uh, put a visual with this, Chris, that there's that continuum. Um, and so it makes me think that people who are listening out there is, 
you know, we're, we're all in this together. Life is what happens when we're, I think you said, making, it, making other plans. Making other plans. <laughs> making other plans right? But for them to hear that, you know, we're all broken at one point because of life events. We're, right. we're all at optimal health. But so don't make yourself wrong or right. Just become aware where you are. Bingo. And, you know, this, this raises the question that I'm sometimes asked, too. Can a person simply self-coach? If they kind of get the concept, then why do I need to go out and hire a coach? Couldn't I just do this myself? And the answer is perhaps at some very small level, sure, we can. I mean, we all do self-talk, and sometimes journaling is a way to step outside of ourselves. And if we're good about our spiritual disciplines, we can take a time of silent retreat. Because really, the analysis for a Christian of anything with regard to our state of, of being, our ontological presence, you know, like, like God calling to Adam after the fall. Where are you? <laughs> he wasn't asking a geographical question. He knew where he was. He was asking Adam to examine, where are you? What's your state of being? Hmm. What's happened in you? You're out of communion with me. And we have to start with that state. So the question of being able to self-coach, I think, is beautifully illustrated by your very transparent example there, Richard, of going to your officer. You said, I needed to have him ask me that. You had that very experience I was referencing a moment ago where we all, somebody just asked the right question at the right time. Maybe we're out driving with our spouse and having windshield time together, and we're just chatting about whatever. But something comes tumbles out of our mouths that is absolute truth, and we know it as soon as we speak it. It comes to self, through self. And as a Christian, we know that is the Holy Spirit in communion with our spirit, not overriding us, but enabling us to hear with spiritual ears what we need to hear. And that's why I'm so big on Christians seeking out a coach. I, I, I have my eighth coach right now. I've used coaches. Most of my coaches I've used, I actually trained you know, at the Institute well, for 25 years. That's, but, a, that's but an I, amazing place of humility. And friends, uh, I want to point out, Tiger Woods has a golf coach. Some yeah, of the finest yeah. athletes on earth have co- Rafael Nadal, the greatest tennis player, has a coach. And so there's a place for it. It's a place of humility, and it's the same awareness that leads us forward. Stay with us. We're going to come back to wrap this up in the last segment. We're going to make it. Recently, Ryan Reed was a guest on Courageous Christianity, and we want you to know more about his jiu-jitsu gym. Gracie Jiu-Jitsu is a place where you'll find good people and great jiu-jitsu. Whether you are training to learn self-defense, to get in shape, looking for a new hobby, or want to compete, Gracie Jiu-Jitsu in Huntsville, Texas has something for you. Log on to GracieUmaitaHuntsville.com to learn more and to get your two-week free trial. Log on to GracieUmaitaHuntsville.com. Huntsville.com today. Did you know that about 25 million Christians don't vote consistently? That's about one in three Christians, and that's a staggering and unfortunate amount. Many Christians stay home on Election Day because they think their vote won't really make a difference. But what if 90 million Christians stood united for Christ? We could have a real influence on our nation. God's Word clearly calls us to bring the influence of our faith into every aspect of our lives. We here at Courageous Christianity, along with My Faith Votes, want to see Christians boldly standing united for Christ. My Faith Votes is a nonpartisan organization that mobilizes and equips believers to pray unceasingly, think biblically, and vote in every election. Even though the recent elections have passed, now is the time to join with us and My Faith Votes to pray, think, and vote in all future elections. Go to MyFaithVotes.org to learn more about voting your faith and to stand united for Christ. 
Friends, welcome back. You're listening to Courageous Christianity, and we're having a great conversation with Chris McCluskey, and he is speaking with us about the question, are you coachable? And we talked about a person who's coachable, and we talked about uh, sometimes we can not be coachable. And so, Chris, uh, before we get too deep into this final segment, how would somebody get in touch with you, either as an individual or possibly as the leader of an organization who sees benefit of coaching? Wow, thank you for that, Richard. Yeah, anybody who's listening and is hearing a resonance within themselves about this whole topic of distinctly Christian professional-grade coaching, you can find our institute out on the web. Again, that's professionalchristiancoaching.com, professionalchristiancoaching.com. And we have a podcast that actually has a link right there on the website that you can subscribe to on iTunes or Stitcher or whatever you listen. Uh, it's a, a top-rated podcast, been running for more than eight years, and it's called Professional Christian Coaching Today. So a couple different ways you can get information. Of course, we're on various social media as well. But I think the website at professionalchristiancoaching.com, there's a free download there called the Ultimate Christian Coaching Bundle, completely free, about 15 hours worth of content. Good resources, easy to access. Very good resources, folks. I speak um, personally of the great resources because I have downloaded that bundle. Chris, I have listened to that podcast, and I'm also a student, so very honored to be so. Highly recommend it. Uh, you just sounded like the bald guy who does the hair transplant stuff who said, I I'm not only work there, I'm also a patient. I don't think I've ever been told that I sounded like a bald guy, but okay. No. At least I don't um, look like one. <laughs> well, you know, that said more about me than it did about you because I'm the bald guy here. Um, Chris, as we wrap things up and as we think about our listeners and all the different places we are on this journey, and the potential ahead and the struggles involved. What are some of your final thoughts? You know, Richard, you started this, uh, this interview out with talking about mantras. And I love the mantras that you cited there from your piloting days and from the time in combat, the things that would help you to ground very quickly on the things that mattered most. And again, that's one of the main themes in coaching is helping a person to discern, to articulate what matters most, and then to orient around what matters most. It doesn't, it doesn't do as much good to just see it. We've got to do something with it. So as Christians, we have all kinds of, if you will, mantras. We call them scriptures. They are truths, eternal truths that we are told we are to meditate upon day and night. We are to be, be changed continually by the, transfor- by the transforming of our minds. That meditation for the Christian, uh, my kids would laugh if they heard us talking about mantras today because they call me the king of mantras. <laughs> but some of the mantras for a Christian, I think, that plug into a coaching approach to life would be things like, what matters most? This is not a dress rehearsal. What does this look like before the throne? What does this make possible? Those are open-ended exploratory questions. And Christy, when you do coaching, you know that anytime that we're in the coach role, if if we find ourselves explaining very much, we're not (laughs) coaching because that's outside in. That's telling, that's teaching, that's advising, mentoring, guiding. It's very good and well-intended, but it's outside in. It does not have this drawing out effect 
that really defines what coaching is. It doesn't typically resonate nearly so strongly with us. And in fact, oftentimes when most of us are being told something, advised about something, we kind of have our defenses up a little bit. Maybe I want to receive this. Maybe I don't. Maybe mm-hmm. it's truth. Maybe it's not. Maybe it worked for you, but it won't work for me. But when somebody instead is not explaining, but they're helping us to explore, it's a nice little play on words there. That exploratory state of being changes everything. Because now we're daring to ask the questions that are begging to be asked, and their answers matter in all of life. Oh, Jesus spent so much time meeting people in various places of their life transition, and he would meet them in questions, posing those. He knew the answers. They needed to know the answers. For sure. I think that's amazing. I can't remember which show we talked about it, but the first two disciples— to leave John the Baptist and follow after Jesus or trailing along behind him. And Jesus turns around and he says to them, and this is in quotes, it's written in red in the Bible, and I'm even doing the air quotes as we speak. <laughs> he said, what, what do you, do you want? want? And so, friends, I think one of the things that brings us to a place of awareness is when we ask the question in the safety of Jesus Christ, What do we want? And then we think about our lives as they are. And we think about the difference between what we want and the way we're living. And then we make a decision to take action to bring those two things more into alignment. If you ask me, what do I want? I want to talk to people about the healing love of Jesus Christ and how we can all take action on the spiritual battlefield. That's what I want. And thank you, God, that's what I'm doing. Yeah, amen. Thank and you, And so for me, there's alignment, but it wasn't always so, mm. and it takes a lot of work to maintain it on a daily basis. Um, so it's just so exciting, Chris, when you said, what does this make possible? Because that's <clears throat> the gap we're talking about when we have a vision and then we ask where we are and we say, if I make this move, if I do this work, what does this make possible? Yeah. So friends, Absolutely. that is the truth. And as you know, it brings us to our moment of truth. In every show, we have a moment of truth where we consider scripture. And we do this to remind ourselves that God's word is our first refuge. It's always relevant and it never fails. And it tells us important things like we are loved and there's no condemnation in Christ. And it also tells us uh, difficult things that it will take work. For example, train yourself to be godly and do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And so scripture is uh, perfect wherever we are. And today's moment of truth comes from 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12. And it says, Dear friends, Do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come on you to test you, as though something strange were happening to you. So would you say that a fighter pilot who doesn't have a plan for emergencies is a very good pilot? (laughs) No. You said in the beginning, Chris, that you had to be accredited. Well, pilots have to be accredited. And if you're not accredited, it's no problem. You won't be a pilot for long, one way or the other. (laughs) That's right. Uh, what about this what would you say to a marine who doesn't know how to act in a firefight and so i know it sounds silly but let me ask you this 
If we know we should expect ordeals and trials, what would you say to a Christian who does not prepare for difficult times in a fallen world? Yeah, yeah. And so, friends, this world has no shortages of challenges, right? Uh, Paper towels, remember? COVID? That was... (laughs) You had to bring that back? (laughs) Toilet paper? Right. Remember, that that was a touch-and-go thing for a while to talk about. There's a shortage of kindness. Yeah. But there are no shortages of challenges for any of us, no matter where we are. And so nobody could accuse a Christian of feeling unreasonably threatened. This is a threatening world. But as a Christian, should we not accept trouble in the same way that Pilate does and in the same way that Marine does? And are these not the exact times for which Jesus prepares us? So this verse that says, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come on you, I think it means we should not be surprised. We should have a plan. And so for a pilot, it's aviate, navigate, communicate. For a Marine, it's shoot, move, communicate. Real faith for the real world. Real faith (laughs) for the real world. I like it. And so, as Chris mentioned, for a Christian, we can ask ourselves some very important questions. What does Scripture say? That's my go-to. Whatever the case, we must have a plan if we are to bring our best selves to the struggling world. And so, how do we do that? First, we look to Jesus and God's Word as written in the Bible. And remember that mantra from way back, what would Jesus do? Oh, yeah, yeah. And then it became a bracelet. But it's a great thing to... I have a lot of sayings around. And I like it. Yeah. Because if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And... I just sounded like NASCAR again. Um, <laughs> sorry, last last uh, week, friends, we talked to Wendy Geikema, and she was in Charlotte, North Carolina, and I couldn't stop thinking He's about NASCAR. Some, he sometimes gets into voices. <laughs> so we could ask, what would Jesus do? We could ask, what does Scripture say? But it has to be a place where we slow down, where we think about what's happening, what our tendency is. If it's a pilot, you tend to get busy. If you're being shot at, you tend to just hug the ground. And when we're stressed, we tend to go inward. And so we have to understand that going inward is not working. It's isolating us from one another. Self-righteousness is not working. Self is the enemy. And so to reach outside ourselves is the fix for that. And Chris said a lot of amazing thing about Christian coaching. He said it's partnering, just like Jesus partners with us to lift us up. He says that we have gifts and a calling and they are irrevocable whether or not we choose to identify and follow them. He said that we will be motivated to change either by pain, which is avoiding and reactive, or passion, which is exciting and proactive. Either way, being coachable is a state of being where we're open and hungry and desirous of growth and achieving a vision and a possibility of the future. So, To look to Christ when everyone else looks to themselves is critical if this world is going to be a better place for our children. I know it's hard, but that's courageous Christianity. Chris, a very quick thank you for being with us in this conversation. And a thank you to both of you for your great ministry and for inviting me in to speak to your audience. Amen. God bless you, sir. Friends, we're honored to walk with you in Christ. God bless and semper fi.
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.